Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. If you're like me, when you have to take a flight somewhere these days, you are amazed, absolutely shocked if your flight leaves and arrives on time. How did we get to this point? I mean, we're not alone in this problem. In fact, in Canada, we are really kind of beaten down on this issue. A measurement of on-time performance for North American airlines shows that Canada's two largest leave a lot to be desired. Air Canada's on-time performance in 2023, 63% of the time, puts them last among the 10 largest airlines in North America. WestJet came in seventh, being on time 69% of the time. Compare that to an airline like Delta Airlines, came in first, on time 85% of the time. So what is going on here in Canada? Well, John Graddick is an aviation management professor at McGill University, who will hopefully help us answer that question. John, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Sammy. Why are Canadian Airlines so bad, it seems like, at being on time? It's not a priority. Um, it's pure and simple that, you know, the, the executives at um, Air Canada, as an example, have said that, you know, whatever with the uh, on-time performance around 70% is acceptable. Um, and that, uh, that's the way it's going to have to be in order for Air Canada to, in fact, make some money and to be person return to their shareholders uh, and to be able to sustain the, the growth that they've had for the last 18 to 24 months. So, you know, it, it is a very specific strategy on the part of the airline, uh, of Air Canada specifically, not to basically aim to have on-time performance a la Delta Airlines at 85% or Alaska at 83%. It, you know, Air Canada is not... Uh, orienting itself to get to that level of on-time performance. Okay, so what do they think is the trade-off here? Why do they think that we are willing to accept it? Um, let's just say uh, we, we, we somehow have a an agreement among the carriers that on-time performance is not really a key measure of competitive behavior in this country. Um, you know, we're all, they're all in the same boat, you know, at WestJet at, you know, 73% and Air Canada at, at 65%. You know, those are, those are not numbers that you want to have, uh, on your, on your, on your epitaph as being, you know, this is how great an airline we ran at 68% or 63% on time performance. That's not what we want. Uh, we, Air Canada prided itself in the past of being an, you know, an on time performance airline in the low to mid 80s. Uh, and uh, right now, that's it seems to taken taken a rung down the ladder to say, well, okay, well, seventy percent is not so bad. We'll take it. Is it because they can, John? Because we'll still buy tickets? Because in so many cases, that's the only choice. Yeah, and I think that's probably you know a, a good way to summarize it. I think you know Canadians have become uh, conditioned to to late flights, uh, and you know we we don't make our buying decisions on airfares based on on-time performance. We basically say well, we want prices and we want to make sure that we can get from point A to point B. That doesn't necessarily say we want to be there on time. <laughs> so they've so, worn us down is what you're saying. They've absolutely yeah, beaten us down. I think so. I think, I think you know, we've, we've had this situation go on for, for a couple of years now. 
Uh, the pandemic, of course, is, 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 is a natural that that would normally happen with the lack of staff and, and service levels. But since, you know, since revenge travel has taken, taken hold in Canada, uh, you know, flights place are full. And people want to go and people say, well, to me, what's more important is a flight and a seat and a price uh, that is maybe somewhat more expensive. But at least I know I'm going to get from point A to point B. Whatever time it operates, so be it. I'll plan my schedule and I'll I plan my activities accordingly right. and to accept the fact that I'm going to be late. So don't plan anything on a cruise ship <laughs> two hours after your scheduled arrival. Not going to happen. Why is it so hard for airlines like Canada, Air Canada uh, and WestJet to some extent as well to just be on time? What are the challenges here? Oh, I think there, there's a number of challenges. And, and, and the, key, the key challenge really is resources, you know, as people. Um, and, and to a lesser degree, airplanes. You know, as an example, I'll give you, you know, Air Canada in, in uh, 2019, uh, or the at the start of the pandemic in 2020, uh, you know, dropped 22 airplanes from its fleet. 22 wide-body 767 airplanes were basically taken off the fleet. Um, and they're trying to say today, well, we're flying 90% of what we flew in 2019, we're flying today. Well, to me, that tells me that they're flying these wide-body, the remaining wide-body airplanes, much harder, um, longer hours, longer stage lengths, uh, and they're not getting the tender loving care that these older airplanes, and they are old, these 777s and these uh, 330s, they are older airplanes, and they're not being given the amount of tender loving care and maintenance that they should be getting in order for them to have a high degree of operational integrity. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Air Canada push its fleet pretty hard, and uh, airplanes are breaking down. But there doesn't seem to be any incentive for them to change either, does it, from what you say there? Because we're still going to buy tickets. They know they can just put on a seat sale, give us some good deals, and people will still buy tickets. That's, and that's exactly what's happening today. If you look at the seat sales that are going on today, I think you, we would say that Flair and Lynx, um, you know, until about you know December, were the price leaders uh, in Canada. And WestJet and Air Canada were kind of giving them some leeway. They, they weren't you know, aggressively meeting or matching their prices. Uh, as of January, uh, nobody's got any uh, seat sales that last, as it, with a competitive advantage, last more than about 15 or 20 seconds. The carriers are matching everything that's out there. So Canadian consumers are getting a heck of a deal. Good pricing, but don't, don't expect to be on time. It's almost like they've decided they don't need to be loved, John, right? That they're that the brand, that the kind of brand loyalty that so many other corporations and companies worry about, they've just they're not going to worry about that. Yeah, you know, I think that they're, they're you know they've taken customer service and they made it a backseat type of issue. Uh, you know, to, to them, you know, it really is a fun, you know they've commoditized air transportation. It's like taking a bus. It's like taking a cab. It's like taking an Uber. There's really, you know, you're really not doing anything to kind of create some type of differentiated product in the marketplace that has people talking about it. Right. Um, you don't you know, have to. Same, 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 yeah, same old, same old, same old. So I think that, you know, the question you have to ask yourself, you know, is, is there room for somebody somehow, some way to kind of, you know, put an incentive into the mindsets of the airlines to get them to act a little differently, to get them to be able to, you know, perform more on time or a higher level of service. You don't have to wait three or four hours on a call center uh, call up to get talking to a human being. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about is that, you know, right now we have the PPRs, the air passenger protection rights that basically have three hour limits. You know, you start to get paid yeah. 
compensation if you have a three hour if you're delayed more than three hours. I'd like to see that change. I'd like to see that that change to one hour, and, and then that should change the behavior of the airlines because three hours and compensation being paid after three hours is not a is not a big deal, and and they're, and they're not and they're going to refuse you anyway because you have to go to the CPA yeah. and stand in line in front of sixty five thousand other people. But you know you 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 basically make it one hour. And you enforce it, and you put fines in place that are significant. In the U.S., when Southwest melted down last year yeah. uh, on their schedule around Christmas time, do you know what the fine was that they had to pay the, the DOT? I saw that. It was huge. $140 million of fine that they had to pay the U.S. government for a schedule meltdown. And yeah, it took, it took them about a week to figure it all out. But that, that you know, that compares pretty closely to what's happened to Sunwing. But you know, in Canada, what twenty five thousand bucks yeah, max fine if you're going to get if you're lucky. So it's, exactly, it's, it's, there's a ways to there's a ways to go yet. Oh, there is, John. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Have a great day. Take you care. You too. John Graddick is an aviation management professor at McGill University. Well, that's it. Right. The airlines have no incentive here in Canada to be on time. They know they can put up a seat sale. We'll still buy the seats and we don't have any other choices. Not a lot of options for us. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.